good evening, Professor. How are we? Hello, boss lady. <laughs> We're doing very well. Snow today, though. Yeah. Did you get stuck in it or no. was it that big of a deal? Well, we did okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really didn't stick, needless to say. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Come to the office. It was okay. Can't complain. And said it was coming down pretty good this morning. Seems like it's gone now. Yeah. Sure, all right. So tonight, what do we have? We have my partner tells me my adult child from a prior marriage owes the partner an apology or we are divorcing. What should I do? I think there's problems here. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds pretty extreme. The, uh, yeah, really. <laughs> either apologize or, or we're out of here. Now, the scenario I put together for the masters tonight to deal with <clears throat> is that apparently the partner number one uh, has children from a prior marriage and his partner that he is with she has decided that his children need to come to their house for the holidays so we'll say christmas well the children live quite a distance and they've got their own children now so they decided this particular year they're not going to come and so his female partner now she is all upset his wife is all upset that these stepchildren aren't going to show up with the step-grandchildren. She wants an apology. These things do happen in life. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> but she thinks it's about her, not necessarily about the distance or blah, 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 or just wanting to spend time with their kids on that special day instead of, you know, being out in the weather or whatever. Right. And for the holidays. So It's hard enough sometimes getting the kids to come visit. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. You're on <laughs> Even if it's the mother. I agree. I agree. <laughs> So anyway, she tells him she wants them to call her and give her an apology for what's going on. And he just kind of pushes it off a little bit like it doesn't mean anything. Well, the next thing he knows, he gets the divorce papers served on him while he's at work. Okay. He figures he better take this one a little serious now. But the real question becomes, why would she want to do that? Yeah. And the answer is sometimes in life, people do things that are very erratic because they want to be heard. And just as important, they want to be justified in what they're thinking. And that she, in this case, really, really believes that those kids aren't coming because they don't like her. And so this needs to be wrapped up. But the approach is probably not the right approach to take. Yeah. Push it to the wall. There, there's going to be problems down the road. We'll get through this one. Right. But it brought me to another Bible story. I don't know how I do this, but... <laughs> I must be a little off mentally trying to link these things to Bible stories, but uh, I hope you enjoy what I do try to present. Oh, yeah, no, I thought they're always very interesting stories. So. Well, there was a fellow in the Bible that we don't hear much about, um, but if we really think back, uh, his name was Nehemiah. Well, who's Nehemiah? Well, he was the one who rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem city. We're like, okay, how's Jerusalem and Nehemiah come into this? this adventure, so to speak. Well, a couple of things. Number one, Nehemiah had his own problems to deal with. And he gives us a little bit of insight how he dealt with his problem, which we're going to share here with you tonight. Uh, the other part of it is it's very important that I want to start with and what we'll end with is really Nehemiah was not as, as far as from the Christianity standpoint. He, he wasn't a, a a big heavy duty person, if you want to call it that. And I'll explain that by saying 
uh, he wasn't a priest. He wasn't a scribe. He wasn't a prophet. He's just a regular old person. So, you know, he didn't have his name in lights, so to speak, when people heard, it's Nehemiah, you know, with the Christian faith, you know, or in this case, with the Jewish faith, because it was before Christ. Um, so he wasn't well known. But it does tell us that whatever our jobs are, and this is going to be the main point tonight, whatever our jobs are that God has given us in this life, God can make a way for us to make a difference. So that's the theme, and now I'll move forward. Okay. We don't know much about Nehemiah. Um, we know that when this all took place, he wasn't a young person. We understand that. And if you remember, we had covered before about Jerusalem and Judah in particular, that particular area, that they were under the Babylonian. And then the Persian king, Cyrus the Great, he came through and he whipped the others, so to speak. So now Judah became a part of the Persian Empire. Okay? In doing so, Cyrus the Great, who is spoken of in the Bible, he allowed the Jewish people to go back to their homelands if they wished. And some did go back to the city of Jerusalem in Judah, and they were attempting to try to rebuild the wall. Now, the thing to be made, mentioned here, though, our story with Nehemiah is way on down, okay? Nehemiah came into play about five generations down, so five kings down, let's just say, okay? And this guy's name that was king at that time, and I'm going to get this wrong, but it's Artaxerxes. So I'm just going to call him Brother Art, if that's okay, okay. or King Art. Mm -hmm. King Art turned around, and he, of course, was now king. Fifth generation down. Well, who is Nehemiah? Well, like I said, we don't know much about him, because uh, we catch him when he's an older person but what caught Nehemiah's attention is that they were trying, the Jewish people, there was a few who actually had gone back and were still there in Jerusalem, and they were trying to rebuild the walls, and they weren't being too successful in rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. They weren't being too successful because the enemies over there, the Samaritans in particular, were really causing them problems. And they and the governors of other territories surrounding them we're causing the people to be in distress. Well, Nehemiah heard of it, and he was back in Persia. Uh, he didn't go with the troop or tribes over there to Judah, to Jerusalem either, of course. And he heard they were in distress, and he wanted to do something. Well, what do we know about Nehemiah? Well, he was the cupbearer to the king. And the cupbearer is the person who turns around and ensures that whatever the king eats or drinks would not poison the king. So he was a very trusted person. So he was high up in the rank. So what Nehemiah did, because he really wanted to help his people, it got underneath his skin, if we want to call it, and maybe God helped him get that underneath his skin, that he turned around and asked the king, can I go over there? Can I go help my people? And he got more out of the king, I think, than what he thought he might get. First off, the king made him governor over that particular area. That's pretty cool. The king turned around and said, hey, I'm sending an entourage with you over there. Oh, my. 
He says, also, here's a letter so that the other kings in the area will know that you're over there under my command. And he says, you want to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? I command you to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and the paper tells you to do so. Wow. King told him, hey, out of my forest, you can take the timber that you need over there in order to rebuild the city in the area. I mean, he was getting some really luxurious things. Mm -hmm. So he goes on the journey. Like I said, he got more than what he had bargained for. But when he got over there, things weren't as good as some would have hoped. Uh, the reasoning is that the governor of Samaria was very, very upset when he heard that he was coming under the, the power, so to speak, of King Art over there. And so the, there was the constant threat that battle may occur. And so Nehemiah had to figure out, how am I going to do this? Because my people, there's not as many, and they're all afraid to work. Because if they're working, they can't protect their backs. So he did what today we would think, well, that was just something simple. But back then, it wasn't that simple to figure these things out. He turned around and took half the people and had them to serve as guard to watch the backs, so to speak, of the other half that were doing the working. And so in doing so, he really pushed the people, though, to get this wall built. In fact, they built it in approximately 52 days from the time he got there until the time they were done. That, that's less than two months. He was really pushing these people to get it built. Uh, needless to say, they weren't attacked by their foes. And so everybody would say, well, they're, they're all happy now. So he can go back home, right? No, the story continues. Why did it continue? Because... They wanted to worship God, but to be honest with you, they really didn't know how. See, they had been under Babylonian captivity for so long. And during that time, they were refused to be able to study anything of God's word. That when they got over there, and Ezra, who is a scribe uh, and also a priest, and that comes along in the book of Ezra. You can read about it also, as well as the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah had Ezra to turn around and start teaching the people about the law of Moses and what was required under the law of Moses that Moses had given on God's behalf. <laughs> the problem was, is that the things were in Hebrew. The people didn't know how to read Hebrew. They couldn't understand when Hebrew was spoken, and they really didn't understand what they were being told. Because, For example, the Jewish men had married non-Jewish women. So the first thing that Nehemiah was doing was cleaning that up. You had to kind of get rid of your non-Jewish wives. I don't know the process of what was going on, but I'm just saying that's where they were. Yeah. The second part to that is that the Jewish people that were there did not like the taxation that they were having to pay. Remember, King King Art made Nehemiah the governor of the territory, the area. So he negotiated, so to speak, in order to get the taxes down, in order to keep the Jewish people happy. So we now have Ezra teaching them. They're understanding what quote, the rules, the covenant, the law of Moses, what it requires of them. So we're all back in the right place, the right time. Everything's good. Well, it was good at that time. And so I'm going to finish where I started, kind of a quick session tonight. And that is on the words of what Apostle Paul gives us 
and give me just a moment and I'll get there because I want to read it correctly, that whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. It's an attitude that really each one of us should have when we go to work. And the reason for that is that God uses, as the saying goes by another writer, all manners of people in all manners of way in order to do all the work that God wants to assign. So it doesn't matter where we are. If we're a cupbearer to a king or for me, happen to be a researcher or a pharmacist, or for you, one who takes care of the PhDs and hopefully can keep them in line and keep their projects going. We all have a role. And don't be surprised if someday you get a little quick of the twitch in the brain and itch on the hand, whatever you want to call it, though, folks said, that God's asking you to do something. And by the way, it may seem small to you, but it could be quite large to him in order to get people to move in a particular direction for you. And I would say this is the end of the story with Nehemiah, but he goes back to Persia and he has to come back again because the people weren't behaving themselves. <laughs> oh, just can't. <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. The message tonight is, is I guess for the gentleman that's having to deal with the spouse that's putting him on point, he needs to defend and he needs to take an offensive as well. I mean, he just don't take it as the king of Samaria was trying to turn around and get rid of the Jews. Don't take it head on. Turn around and take it head on sideways around the bout as well. <laughs> Work a plan out to protect as well as you being aggressive, so to speak, and getting done what you want to get done. So communication, maybe they can work it out. Yeah. And I read something this week about it's not just communication, it's comprehension. That's true. Thought, That's true. That's pretty good. I was like, yeah, you can, sometimes you can communicate all you want, but if there isn't comprehension, you don't get too far. That means comprehending what they're feeling and saying as well as your own. And, yeah. and you know, that can be very difficult. Right. You're right. Yeah. It's pretty good. I never saw that before. Because we always hear communicate, communicate. Yeah. Which, you know, that's kind of the part that you can do, but you can't comprehend. They're the ones that have to comprehend on the other end, I guess. Oh, that must have been the times that sometimes I didn't see face to face with my bosses then. <laughs> we weren't on the same plane. Oh, my um, goodness. But no, I like that story most. Yeah, yes. I haven't heard that before. It's been a long time since I've read the literature on the Yeah. But thanks yeah. for having me. That's all I got, boss. All right. Well, thanks for you know, communicating this to us. <laughs> Not Did you all comprehend? <laughs> yeah, really. We better get Ezra in here to be sure we all got this. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, thanks so much. And everybody have a great week. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everyone.